You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona, and with me always is my good friend, Jay from the hills of Texas. What is going on tonight? Man, it's just been a whirlwind. AK Mike was here, got uh, just barely a <laughs> yeah. week to recover. Yeah, you're recovering after his yeah. loss or, or your losses, yeah. or what's the story there? You, uh, my, yeah, actually, we're, we have well, to excuse, have we have to excuse Mike tonight because I think he's recovering as well <laughs> from his. Yeah, trip I think he there. is too. He got a little. He got a little. What's the word? Uh, burned. Oh. So, um, but he forgot his SPF. Constantly, 50. I kept smelling s'mores when I was out there with him flying. <laughs> And I was like, I don't, we didn't bring any s'mores, but I keep smelling something burning. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was Mike. He, he got a little, he got a little toasty. Well, so good for him um, though. Oh, but he, he said he had a good time. I mean, I know the last podcast we kind of talked about Oh yeah, about he it, certainly yeah. did. Uh, had but, a good uh, time and we, we did everything from flying RC to playing video games. We were like, you know, big overgrown kids. Sure. So my wife left, left us alone to our own devices and we, we had a really good time. <laughs> and nobody got hurt. So that's the main thing, right? Oh yeah, nobody. We had no injuries, uh, well, except for Mike with the secondary burns. But <laughs> other than that, we pretty much didn't hurt, injure ourselves with uh, you know any kind of stupid things that we normally do when we're all on vacation or we all show up together. Right. So it was kind of nice. Right. Well, that's that's kind of good. Well, not hurting yourself is a good thing, but I think the airplanes may have had a different story. Uh, yeah. Okay. So since Mike came down. It's been a great, you know, he got me all excited because he brought a couple of his planes, uh, right. like his Polaris, and, or, or I think it goes by another name. Um, but anyway, it's a Polaris-style plane. Right. I said, after I saw his fly one day, I said, oh, I got to break mine out of my box. storage box right. sitting out in the deck. So I went out there and got it out, and it's basically the XL version of his his version. So he just got me going on a bunch of different planes that I was like, wow, I want to fly. I haven't flown this plane in a long time. Or I got, you know, I have like the fuselage of one of these bigger planes would be out and I hadn't put it together and sitting on my rack. So one of them was my Comanche and my P-51 and a few other planes that I wanted to, that when you were here, I put my P-51 together and we just, whatever happened, we didn't, we were able, able to take that out and fly it. And so this time I was going to fly it with Mike here. And, and so, uh, you know, the fun ensued. Just weird things started happening once, sure. once I started putting these planes back together. Sure. So. Well, the uh, the Comanche didn't fare well, though, is from what I understand. <laughs> yeah. So now, now okay. Comanche, so where did you where did you get this airplane re- uh, initially? I, I can't remember. I, I got I got that plane originally. I want to say like three four years ago up in Alaska. I, mail order, I think, from Tower Hobbies. It, it's a uh, Comanche from Great Plains, I think, makes mm-hmm. it. I think they still make it. So you can buy it from them. Um, it's a pretty nice little kit. Uh, it, for me, at the time, it was my largest plane. I, I'd gone from, like I said, the foamies, and it progressed, and I think it was the largest wooden plane that I had at the time. And so it was the first, I think it was the first plane that I put together that was six cell. You know, it was over like a right. three or four cell. It was the biggest, you know, type model. Right. So I had a couple of a, a bit of a learning curve on things I had to buy for, you know, motors and 
and escapes and getting all that to work. Right. But pretty much I got it all figured out. You know, there's, that's a whole other story and some of the ex- escapades that I had with that. But I, it was a great flying plane. I had no problems with it the whole time that I was up in Alaska for the most part. So I put it back together here, got the flight twice, and then I had a small problem with it. Okay, so, and, I, and actually, I think, if I remember right, when I came up to Alaska, you had it. Because we flew it at the field. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We and t- time has flown. So that's more than five. Yeah, You've I, had that airplane for probably eight years, maybe? Has it been eight years? How long have you been? You've been in Texas. Eh, it may been, have been about five years. For a year. I, I thought it was longer it's than been, that. It's but. been like three or four years, but it... it You've been so down you here came, a year already, been, and I can't. And it was like two years. You before, came. So. You came to see visit me. What a year before I left there. So yeah, it's Probably. been about it's been about yeah. two or three years. Yeah. All right. So, well, I remember you had it, and uh, it was a great flying airplane. From what I remember, it's really stable. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all wood, right? In monocote. All wood. It's got monocote fiberglass. It's got the big fat wheels, so you can land it on grass. Because we were flying it on and off. Uh, actually, it was no. we were fly- actually, we didn't land if you remember, we flew that one on base, and we yeah, were flying off the runway. Right. So that one the doesn't have the big fat wheels. Actually, the wheels are in wheel pants. You know, I had oh, wheel right. pants on that one. You could Correct. take them on or off, and I had them on. So it it really wasn't set up for grass flying, so I only flew it up there, you know, since I was spoiled and I had a paved runway. You know, that's right. Why I flew it off. All right. And we know that from our last podcast, and you were, you and Mike were talking about the Comanche, you went out to go fly it and didn't get the flight because you brought the wrong connector, right? <laughs> yeah. So we uh, the first time we went to go fly it, you know, had all my batteries charged through everything, you know, pre-positioned everything, took it all out, put it in his car. We drove out there, except for, you know, I, I wired together, you know, two, three cell batteries together. So I needed right. to have a serial cable. and. The serial cable was in what other planet takes that type of setup? <laughs> beaver. Your beaver, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it was in my beaver from the turbo uh, from beaver. last time when you were down here. Yeah, so that's where it was. So we got out there, and that's when I was trying to jerry-rig up, you know, as right. you said, a, what was it, a paper clip and some wire? <laughs> that's right, a paper clip and some wire. But luckily, uh, fate, as fate was, uh, it, it did not prevent me. It prevented me from being stupid. Anyway, well, good. All right, and that's, that's exactly what you wanted. Quit, not be stupid and lose <laughs> lose an airplane. All right, so fast forward, you got to take it out again, though, right? Before Mike left, right? So before you know, so we went out that one day, didn't bring the the equipment. The very next day, and that day, Jim didn't fly with us uh, or his friends. They they weren't able to come out, so it was just Mike and I that went out. Mm-hmm. So we got out to the field. It was a beautiful morning. There was absolutely no wind, no nothing. I was a little concerned since that field's a little rougher than most fields that I've flown off of that I might have some problem taking that plane off or, you know, it might get caught up in the, the, the clumps that are out there. Oh, yeah, because you've been but flying really, off, of, it, uh, off a paved field and now you've got a paved, crash Yeah, field. off a paved okay. runway. And it, let's just say the clearance between the prop and, you know, the ground or the, or the wheels is pretty, it's a small gap. So mm-hmm. I, that's where I was really afraid that if the plane would bounce around, it was, it, you know, I might chip a prop or you know have problems with it but actually i kind of just took (laughs) took my time to take off (laughs) i took my time to uh uh, take off gave a little bit of back pressure i had the flaps since it has flaps i had my takeoff flaps on just kept a little uh uh, back pressure on the elevator and the minute it broke ground i just eased that pressure off you know just so i keep the speed up and just climbed out perfectly um 
started to uh, put the coals to it as I started to take off, and then the motor quit. While you were taking off? Uh, I was, I, let's say I had taken off, and I was about one mistake high. So and, you, and you were ready off. to start turning on a, basically on a crosswind to your right, downwind. Yeah, crosswind leg, right? So I uh, just was going to throttle it up, and like you said, the, the motor died. I was like, oh, crap. And so this is pretty funny because uh, Jim, who I fly with all the time down here now, he had been talking to me about this, and he goes, well, how do you have your escapes set up? Do you have them set up that they reduce the power or that they cut off fully? And I said, oh, I have them so they cut off fully to remind me to, you know, reset the throttle, go all the way down and go all the way back up again. Mm-hmm. And so while I was flying with them or doing something, I just remembered that a couple of times that I'd been out and I had a, a problem, I totally forgot to do that. So this time, uh, I remember from Jim telling me or talking to me about it, I go, oh, that's right. I got to throttle all the way down, throttle back up again, <laughs> throttle came back, and I was able to keep flying. The plane had plenty of power. So then I, t- I got up, you know, to four, four mistakes high, three, four mistakes high, and then I throttled up again, full power, and then the, the motor died. So obviously the battery couldn't keep up with the power. Right. Then I just kept it. I went back down to like uh, half power to three quarters, and it was plenty of power. So I was like, so Mike's like, oh, man, maybe you should land. And I go, well, I'm going to fly it around just for a little bit longer <laughs> just to just to check it out, just to see what's going on. And what I meant by that was I did a couple of passes just to make sure, you know, right. get myself set up and calibrated for making landings. Right. It was flying nice and strong, dropped the flaps, came around, did a landing, perfect landing, came back in, um, tested out the batteries and um, – I could see that I definitely had a weak cell on one of the batteries. I had a, I just had a weak battery on one, on one, or one cell, a weak cell on on one of the packs. So you're flying on a five yeah. cell now instead of a six cell. Essentially, yes. Yeah. I was going to tell you though uh, when you when when Mike said, "Do you think we should land?" I was going to say, "See our other podcast on you know <laughs> checking airplanes because that's why I lost my Sea Fury." Oh, should we land? Yeah. Okay. The whole airplane comes apart. <laughs> so at least you landed yeah, though, right? Well, you you knew something was wrong and you came in and landed or did you fly around for a little bit? I just I just did a I think a circuit or maybe two and that was just to make sure everything was, was still working. The field okay. and, and that everything was working right. and I could line up everything. Makes makes sense. And like I said, I was I had plenty of power. I it wasn't mm-hmm. giving me an indication that the power was dropping off or that, you know, three seconds later the, the the plane was like, right. Died. It right. just had plenty of, of go. It's just that I couldn't give it a hundred percent. If I gave it a hundred percent, then it just, you know, definitely didn't have the juice. So sure. You know, it wasn't the smartest thing, but I, I felt confident enough that it wasn't going to give up the ghost and die on me. Right. So you got it back on the ground and, and you, yeah, did I you got change back, out got batteries my back on the ground. I put in my uh, newer battery that I knew worked very well. Took off again. This time I got 100% power, no problem. The plane was flying perfectly. And at that time I was talking to Mike because he was standing next to me. And so he's like, oh, how's it, how's it acting? I'm like, oh, it's great. And I'm like, hey, look, it's hands off. Look at this. I, this, this plane were the other ones. I, I remember I, I think last podcast I was talking about how is that I flew a plane. I haven't flown. It's just been sitting in a box. But I needed like w- totally different trim adjustments. Or, right. You know, it was way out of trim. Right. This plane was spot on. It was just flying super smooth. I didn't have to add any trim to it. So I was really, really pleased. So as I'm flying around, I, I'm talking to Mike, and I said, 
you know what? I probably should put a different receiver in this. And he's like, well, why is that? And I said, well, I have a whole bunch of those lemon receivers that are, mm-hmm. uh, that have um, a gyro in them. And I said, I, I should probably put one of those in this just, you know, cause they're just sitting in a drawer. I might as well put it in this plane. Not that it really needs it, but I think, I think it would be pretty nice and it, it would be, uh, it would work out well with this, with this setup in this plane. And he goes, Oh, okay. Well, I guess you could do that. And he goes, well, you know, and as he goes, as he was asking me, well, why? That's when I was, I was coming back, you know, I was coming back in the wind had shifted and I was kind of turned the plane around and I'm kind of flying back different directions so I can line up to land. And I'm about a mistake high. And just as I'm kind of explaining myself, the plane just pitches straight down. And hmm. that was it. That's all she wrote. And it was, you know, full, full throttle going straight down. At that point, I cut the throttle. I'm, I'm pulling back for all I'm worth. And then just before the plane was just entering the trees, I got control of the plane back. But, but by that time, it, I could hear it crashing through the trees, and that was it. It was done. Really? And Mike's like, what happened? And I'm like, I don't know, but I, it just it browned out. Something happened. It just pitched straight towards the ground. I lost total control. Was the antenna pointed directly at the airplane at that particular moment? No, I don't think so. And then what receiver were you using in there? Uh, there's the key. Uh, your favorite receiver. An oh, receiver. no, no. You know yeah. I am not a big fan of orange receivers. I know receiver. you are not a big fan of the orange receiver. <laughs> and neither am I. I'm slowly phasing them out of all my planes. Right. But this particular orange receiver had been in my Phoenix 2000. Oh. And I've had that thing up. You know, I've specced that plane. And I've sure. had not a problem with it. And so that particular receiver was a nine-channel receiver with a satellite. And I, you know, like I said, I had in the Phoenix 2000. I flew in that. I never had any other similar brownout problems. I said, well, this one seems to be working. I'll throw it in here. You know, no problem. You know, as I was putting the plane back together and stuff, I didn't even really think about it. I can't say whether that was truly the problem or whether, because Mike was like, well, he goes, well, what kind of uh, BEC do you have in the, in, you know, in the in the system, right? Because this is a six a cell, or you or do you have or do you have an SBEC, right? And I said, I have neither. <sighs> Dude, okay, you're flying a six cell. <laughs> Why would you not have a you uh you know a BEC in there? You of all because people, because the- I mean, I I can't count on one. I mean, I don't know how many people you have told, and on the podcast too. I think you even mentioned. That if you're using higher than a four cell, that your servos all happening at once and the motor and everything going on, that more than likely your receiver is not going to be able to handle all that. You need a BEC in there to help run the servos. Then you didn't do it. Shame on you. I'm shaking my, I'm shaking my head. Yes, I'm guilty. <laughs> because this Guilty was, as charged. Okay, so once again, so you got to go back. So remember, this was the first big plane that I, oh. I, you know, biggest plane that I had at the time. Okay. And it was the first six cell plane that I had at the time. And I didn't set it up with a separate BEC. Oh. Because I didn't know any better. Right. And I, right. I never had a problem. Well, that's partially true. I never really had a problem with just having um, the all-in-one, you know, mm-hmm. BEC escape combo the problem that i did have was that i 
I made, I made sure that that particular escape was rated for like an eight cell because the first one that I had in there was rated just for a six cell. And the first time I went to take off, basically the escape failed. Right. Because as I was learning the way the Chinese, when they put these things out for their ratings and stuff, they say, Hey, it's really, it's rated for a six cell. Well, no, it's really rated for a five cell. You know, that's the, you know, it's not, it doesn't go up to six cell, you know, or over. (laughs) Yeah. It goes, it goes to the six, but if you go over this, you know, like just one volt over six cells, it's over. Right. So I was flying really strong new batteries. Sure in this particular thing and it was might have been higher voltage and it just couldn't take it. I don't know, but that, that could have, that could have been it. You know, it's just one of those things I didn't do. Like like you said, I didn't follow my own rules. The reason I didn't follow my own rules is because as I learned that, you know, I didn't go back to the first plane and go, Oh, that's right. I never did put a, you know, S in there. I didn't put a U in this one. I I need to go get one and put it in here. I just totally forgot about it because you know how it is. You, you build planes, you put them all together, and then you just totally forget what you put in them or how they're set up. You know, now, it, it I, and works, I, I will say, I, will ha- I have to say that you are fond of using two, three cells as a six cell. I, I, I don't do that. I actually buy the six cell. And I know we've had this conversation before where, you know, the pros and cons, if I get a six cell and I lose one of the cells out of it, it's it's worthless because the whole battery goes where if you lose one cell out of a three cell, you know, basically you're only buying a three cell. You still have another good, you know, three cell to combine. Right. Three cell. However, I do know that even with the serial cable, one battery may be able to push more energy through than the other. I just don't, I'm not smart enough to understand if, if one is higher, you know, pushing more. If no, and you're correct because it, or... you're, I'm also giving myself more points of failure. Right. Right. Because right. if I have a cold solder joint on the connector that connects the batteries together, well, then I go from a six cell to a three cell or I lose all power depending right. on how, you know, where it breaks right. in that line. Right. It's how you want to kind of look at your risk. You know, how risky is it? And, and for much, and and this one hasn't really been risky for all that time, other than the fact that where you you weren't running high you know torque digital servos or anything in it either, right? No, it yeah. just had standard servos in it. No big but deal. you did you did go to a new battery setup for that monstrosity behind you there, the the Turbo Beaver. It did. It could have been like I said, it might have been all of these things combined, mm-hmm. but you know, or might have been nothing. I don't I don't know. I could have you know could have had a cold solder joint. Who who knows? Because you know all the all the parts still work. I mean, the nice part was that the power the the receiver might have browned out, but it returned enough that I was able to pull out that I didn't smack hard on the nose that I damaged the engine and you mm-hmm. know and then smushed the battery. It did none of that. It landed perfectly perpendicular to the ground. The way it went through the trees and just kind of kind came out. The wings and the tail were totally smashed, but the fuselage was placed down like putting a baby's head on a pillow. <laughs> so none of that stuff was damaged. Everything right. in the fuselage and all the um, ser- servos and everything were fine. I, I didn't rip everything out. So everything was complete. The po- the plane was still powered up when I got to it. Everything still worked. Everything still worked. Okay. Now, was your was the receiver flashing at all? Yep, it was flashing. Okay, so you did get a brownout. You did lose some yes, sort of a power to it. Well, I, you know what? If you were in a turn, you had power, you're climbing, descending, putting, you know, 
both aileron, elevator, rudder, and power, you could have overpowered that little orange that's, receiver. That's what Mike said. That's what Mike was saying. Mm-hmm. So it, it, all those things can be true. You know, the bottom line is I didn't listen to my own great advice. Right. Well, you know. there you go. Now you can, uh, you know, shout it from the rooftops and tell everybody, don't do what I do. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to. Yeah, don't ruin your models. You know, That's right. Think if they crash on their own or some other weird thing happens. But, you know, follow follow your own rules. And and it's like I said, because it was a, like one of the first models and I just maybe I've been lucky, severely lucky with that plane every time I flew it. Mm-hmm. But because I didn't go back and say, hey, that plane doesn't have a S-Bec, it doesn't have a U-Bec. I need to put a, one of those in there. Right. I just, like I said, I never thought of it. The plane always flew well. So I just, I didn't even think of it. So I paid the price. There you go. You price. know what I always say? Luck breeds confidence. <laughs> I use that a lot, basically. Uh, in you know, in the real airline world, that's why I tell everybody luck breeds confidence. So you may be lucky today and then it go, oh, well, that was easy. And you go do it again. Eventually it'll come back to bite you. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, the fact that you've been lucky, you know, a couple of times flying it, now all of a sudden it came back kind of bite you. Yeah. But I, I will tell you, I will tell you, if you remember, when we went to uh, um, New Mexico, I lost my wing. Remember we went to that college and flew in the football field? Oh, there yeah, with that guy? yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was hauling the mail with that thing. And, I mean, those that was on a four cell. So that thing had to have been doing you know was, triple digits yeah, he was doing a hundred because you were yeah. down one and i did a reverse cuban or something and that thing i literally had nothing and matter of fact i pulled the power to idle and it stayed at full throttle yep. and it hit the ground oh my gosh so it, hard uh, it hits so, so hard the smack like the even smack, the people folks. even the people on the tennis courts like two streets over stopped and turned because they thought two cars like you know smashed into each other it was so loud yeah. And uh, and it it broke the uh, tough wing right in half, I believe. Yeah, mm. it, it turned the the uh, carbon rod to powder. Yes, it did. Oh yeah, that's right. It did. It, it turned the car- carbon rod to powder. Ah, uh, that was terrible. Actually, uh, that wasn't uh, in New Mexico. I turned the the carbon rod to powder was here in Phoenix because we were still able to fly it. I had to get a new oh. prop, and we had to reglue some right. stuff on it. But it tore it. I think the one here uh, in the park. Uh, over where we fly with the guys, I think that was the one that basically disintegrated the carbon fiber. It hit, it hit so hard. Um, but I think that that was a brownout too because I had full throttle. I was really cranking, and when I pulled into that loop, I had you know every amount of energy that you could pull out of that uh, that limit or the um, orange receiver, and I just think it gave up the the ghost, and I didn't get it back. So, so I ba- I bailed out of that way early. I switched over to either Spectrum or Lemon. Uh, both of those have been really good for me. Well, and I know you're changing um, yours out. Too. I'm going to be doing that as well. So I'm checking my planes as I'm pulling them out of the boxes or you know getting them ready. I'm definitely checking. Now, not to knock Hobby King or the Orange Receivers, because, I mean, I do have some of them, and they are I use them for foamy airplanes if I'm going to fly in the park. As long as I'm flying you know, 10 or 15 feet away, I'm okay with that. But if I'm going to go out or put it on a big airplane, I'd I'd rather go with something that's got a little longer distance because I know they're shorter range. I've done a a range check on them and and lost signal at thirty or forty feet. So right. I, it's just my personal preference, you know. I I don't want, I don't want to cause anybody to get angry that we're you know dogging their product or whatever. But it's uh, 
Yeah, it's we just might have just preference. got the dogs. You know, and that's yeah, you never know. Or just, right? you know, we you, just you didn't just have the right setup for it. That's just like your landing gear, right? You, yes. You, you uh, that had is your correct. A-10 from Motion RC. You're all, you know, ready yeah. to put the plane together. and <laughs> The oh, gear doesn't work. work. But I will tell you, though, once again, Motion RC did a great job. They, you know, I sent them a note. They said, yep, here comes a new gear. And it was here you know, as soon as awesome. they got it in stock. So, And it works like a charm. Well, I'm sad to hear that your Comanche is no no more. It is no longer, but um, once again, uh, AK Mike had uh, some great advice. Uh, he said, well, as he looked at my rack, he, uh, not my rack, my wife's rack, uh, plane <laughs> rack. Family show. <laughs> Family show, sorry. Um, <laughs> he said to me, he goes, well, now you have space to put another plane. Knowing that I have all those planes out in my deck, I have a couple new in the box that I, yeah. I saved specifically for coming moving down to texas so um, debating on which one i want to pull out and, and my vote is for the texan because i really like that airplane and i think it's big and and it'll uh i think it'll be a good match for your turbo beaver because they're about the same size they're about the same size mm-hmm. i'm thinking though i want to go with the eight cell with that yeah i think a, a eight cell would be good it, it is a big airplane and it, it is um i think it's built for a glow right and and so you'll convert it to electric. Well, I was going to bring up the fact that uh, your Comanche is no longer. You took all the parts out of that, though, right? And now yes, you're gonna you're gonna be able to save it and do something else. But your other project that you were doing was the P51, and I know we mentioned on the last podcast that you picked it up and all the BBs ran out of it, so you couldn't fly the oh, P51. Oh, yeah. So, so so basically, it was the balloon. Uh, first of all, right? I was the like, balloon. what are these BBs doing in here? Because once again, yeah. you know, we're getting older, and I can't remember why or what i did or who did what when it might have been a great idea you know but i forgot all about it so we were going to go fly it when you were here whatever happened happened we didn't didn't well we built the stuco when uh when i was there and by the time we got both of them done i I had to leave so yeah so and it was raining it was was raining right when mike was here same thing i went to pre-position it so i went to pick it up pre-position in the other room so we could take it and put in the car so i pick it up and all of a sudden i hear pop <laughs> and i'm like what is that right and so as i'm holding the plane you know at an angle i just hear this like something's pouring out of it inside of it and i'm like what is that so i kind of level the plane out and i'm holding it and i hear just crap move I'm like, what is that noise so then i pull the plane up like on its nose so all of a sudden all this lead shot just comes flying out of the out of the cowling I'm like, whoa, 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 what is this? What is right. this? Hey, where's all so this coming I, from? Yeah, so I, I put down the plane, and uh, uh, Mike had helped me pick up all the shot that we could find. And I, we finally took it apart. And sure enough, what I had done um, in order to get the plane to balance, I put lead in it. And the only lead I had at the time was some lead shot. And right. so I didn't know what to do, you know, get the lead shot in there. So I just poured it inside of a balloon or two, tied it off, and then zip-tied it to the inside or, or to, you know, to the fuselage inside. Right, of it. right. So I guess from the Texas heat or just sitting for the past, you know, umpteen years, that balloon deteriorated and, and broke. Once again, we were sitting there and Mike's like, yeah, that really sucks. And I go, no, it doesn't. Because had that broke when I took off on that bumpy field and that mm-hmm. balloon broke while yeah. I went to go fly. Well, now I have, it's about a pound of weight because this plane is a, uh, basically a conversion from a, a glow to an electric 
it needed a pound of weight that would have been for the gas, I mean, the fuel and for the engine itself in that plane. Well, that shot, if it all broke free, would have been pouring out of the plane and flying all over the place. And then you would have had a pound of weight shifting back and forth in that compartment and falling out, depending on what crazy antics the plane was doing at that particular time. Super exciting P fifty one flight coming your way. It would have been a. It would have been exciting. It's not, yeah, it would have been sporty. That's that's my new word. Well, and then you would have lost the Comanche and your P fifty one, which would have been devastating. However, yeah, you do have two new airplanes on the deck that you could have replaced it with. But I, I love that P fifty one. It's a Hangar nine, and yep. uh, it's the bigger version with the retractable gear. You covered it to be a red tail for the. Um, Tuskegee Airmen kind of look, and I really dig that airplane. It's really, really cool, and it, it looks nice. great. It, it looks nice. great sitting next to your uh, Stuka. So it does sitting yeah. atop the Stuka. Now you kind of got industrious this week and decided to do something about that, though, right? Right. So I wanted to make a permanent, uh, permanent fix. Just before Mike left, uh, he was in Austin. I happened to, I had to run down to San Antonio, mm-hmm. so he called me up and he goes, "Hey Jay, I'm sitting here in the." Not hardware store. He was sitting in the hobby store. RC store, hobby store. He's in the hobby store. He goes, "Hey, I got, I have, you know, a pound and a half of, of weight here." Um, and I said, "Really? If they have some weight there?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, and it's twenty five or thirty dollars." And I said, thirty five dollars for whatever lead. for a pound and a half of of lead? That's crazy. I'm not going to pay that. You know, the cheap side <laughs> of me came out. I'm not going to pay that." You know, because yeah. I don't know, I'll find some lead somewhere else. So I talked to my wife and said, "Hey, does Michaels or or what's the other? Who's the other store that, uh, that Hobby Lobby? Hobby, yeah, Hobby Lobby." I said, "Do they have, you know, lead something trinkets or something they have at their place?" And she's like, "No. Why would they have lead? Whatever." <laughs> so I'm like, "Huh?" So I started brainstorming. And I'm like, "Well, I gotta be able to make you know some sort of lead something." And I said, "Oh, I can just take the lead shot that I have." mix it up with some epoxy and make myself little lead bricks, you know, or whatever I need. Okay. The first idea that I had with Mike uh, was that we'd make, I was just going to make a uh, mold or I was uh, going to make this mold that would fit around with the, you know, cause I had the cowling off and the engine was sitting there and, and my motor is sitting on these um, extensions. Uh, right. So I thought I would make these, these around uh, mold that would go around the extension that I could kind of get on there or, or fasten. Um, so I, I thought to myself, well, what could I use for this mold? And what I came up with was a two liter bottle that I, you know, cut up and, you know, kind of sized up and got square and, and that I'd be able to use that because it automatically, I could make it to whatever size diameter that I needed to go around this thing and fasten it off. And that's what I did at first. And then I was like, eh, now I don't like that idea because I noticed that I had a compartment that I could, where the BBs were originally with the balloon so i thought okay i'll just make little uh, like some square molds wait what, so was, there, what was the compartment um that's where the in this particular plane the compartment underneath the battery compartment uh-huh. or where i put the battery is where the gas tank goes oh, tank oh, 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 oh right because it was a gas it was a gas plane to begin with right where this compartment was so that's where i was going to put the lead so then i started doing the well what can i use for a mold you know mm-hmm. i want something that's square blah 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 I started looking through the house for just whatever I could find, and I found these little Tupperware, odd-shaped, kind of squarish-looking little Tupperware things. They're like they're fruit cup small. fruit cup holders or dessert holders? Yeah, almost, kind of, but they're square. 
Yeah. Um, but they didn't have lids or anything to them. So, um, and they were kind of rounded on one end. They were kind of bizarre. Yeah. Here, I'll show them. Oh, Folks, yeah, I know yeah, you yeah. can't. I know you can't see this, but I'm showing it to uh, Mike over here uh, since we can see each other. You know what that reminds you know what that reminds me of? You know those uh, big 50 um, drawer things that you see at like Lowe's or oh, Home Depot yeah, or whatever? That, that slides in? Yeah, it looks like one of those little looks... drawers that slides in and out of that little gray. You know, for like nuts and bolts and everything. It's bolts, about that size. Exactly. It does, it does yeah. kind of look like that. So yeah. anyway, I, I had this thing. It's kind of odd shaped, you know, since it's mm-hmm. kind of rounded on one end. Um, right. So I decided, well, I want to make them square. So how am I going to do that? So then I remembered the two liter bottle that I had and I cut out a little sheet of a square sheet that I could fit in this thing to make everything as square as I wanted. And because it's deep enough, I can make these as thin or as thick, you know, with lead, you know, I can make either sure. one huge ingot or I can make, you know, one or two or three smaller ingots that I could right. place strategically where I needed. I opted to go with two of them and I went ahead and, and took some uh, quick rick blue, put it on the plastic bottle fit it in there and it held it in just, you know, right where I wanted and, and, and cured. Then I just poured the shot in there. I, Oh, first I weighed the shot out to eight, eight ounces per, per side, you know, ingot, I guess, you know, for what uh-huh. I wanted. Right. And then I uh, measured out my glue using my little scale that I had. Basically I wanted to make sure I came out to about a pound. Uh, so I just kind of figured that all out, mixed up the glue, mixed it in with my, you know, put a, a glove on my finger, you know, latex glove on my finger Mixed it all up, uh, put it all down, smoothed it out the best I could. It was five-minute epoxy. You know, 10 minutes later, I went over and just pushed on it. Boop, 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 and it popped out like a popsicle, you know. So now you have a lead shot brownie. Yeah, a lead shot brownie. Exactly. <laughs> and it's and it's the same size as your um, standoffs. That's what you said, extensions, but you really we're, we're talking about the standoffs for your yeah, electric they're, they're motor. Aluminum, they're your... like these real thick aluminum standoffs that right. I used. Right. So now these actually go in between them or on the outside of them? No, actually, they go right on the outside of the, the uh, these extensions. Uh, and then I figured out that I could zip tie them mm-hmm. uh, down to the extensions. And then the firewall has it was pre-drilled for the engine mounts, you know, the, the way that, right. that for a regular engine with the, the way they ext- the standoffs, standoffs go, they offset from those holes. So I was able to push the zip tie through the hole, through the firewall you know, out the other side, you know, and brace it. So it pulled it in and then I, then I went against the standoff. So uh, the weight doesn't move, uh, you know, a millimeter, you know, it's, right. it's really fastened in there and super tight. Huh. And then of course it's, it, it comes out flush with this, with the way the mounts or the standoffs go so that the cowling goes right back on and it's, you know, out, of, you know, in front of the, it's out in front of the firewall. So I have all the, you know, I was able to use a little bit less weight. Right. So it worked out pretty good. So I was able to reassemble everything. Although I did have to make, I did have to assemble a new tool. Uh-oh. You know how, um, okay, so you get the cowling on and you have your motor there. You have your motor uh, mount, not extension, but uh, it's basically where the prop goes on. And mm-hmm. that sticks out from out from beyond the cowling. So you'll you'll have, you know, you'll put your, your prop on and then you'll put oh, the your call it. Then, yeah. The call yeah. it. That's and then, out. and then, so for my plane, I have uh, an actual, um, nose cone on it. So I have to put the nose cone on right. first, then right. everything else, you know, stack it. So I screw the, screw the bolt down to hold the, the prop on. Well, the problem is now I can't reach in there and grab the, the actual engine the motor, right? The motor, motor is spinning. So if you tried to it's spinning spin in there. the prop, exactly. it moves the motor too, right? 
So you know how it's in like this little triangle right. type shape? So I had to make uh, a little tool that went that slid in between the spinner mm-hmm. and the cowling that would grip onto the thing. Oh, yeah, and it kind of looks like, you know, that tool for an AR for putting an AR barrel on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, uh, so it kind of it's, it's, it's so the tool I made kind it's yeah. kind of round right. and has the two two or three points on it. Right, that right. Kind of grab. I ended up making that out of um, I had a piece of plexiglass that I had, so um, a piece of scrap, and so I was able to trace what the oh right what the stuff looked like with a with a marker. Uh-huh. In fact, I was using that the two liter bottle once again because it's clear, so I was able to just trace what it looks like. Then I put it up against the place the plexiglass, which is clear, and I was able to flip it over and then trace what what it looks like. Oh, Whipped up right. my Dremel tool with the uh, with the sanding sanding block or sanding wheel and the other one, the ceramic cutting one. I was just zip, zip, cut cut, you know, smoothed it all out. Then I had a little tool that I could actually get back there and hold it, and then I could screw this, you know, get some pressure down and everything. So huh, got it all back cool. together again. Yeah, yeah, I have something that looks more like a tuning fork. You know what a tuning fork is? It's yeah, got yeah. two mouse. And if you slide it into the cowling, and it'll hold on the on the motor where it won't move. Yeah, so that's a good idea. You know what? That's a lot of work that you did for the the lead shot brownie. <laughs> you know, I, I'm pretty lazy, so I'm going to ask why you just didn't use the fuel tank. You could have just filled the fuel tank and poured epoxy down in there, and that would have held your lead shot. What fun! You, you take all the fun out of it. You just want <laughs> you just want to suck all my accomplishment and joy that I got from figuring this thing all out, and then you come along, Mister Idea Guy, uh-huh. and just tromp all over me. Right? You know, I don't no. remember a call. I don't remember you calling saying, "Hey, I got to do this." You were busy. You were on vacation. You were you were out enjoying yourself, floating a river or something. So no. Yeah. Well, you know when you were I telling me all that stuff. I do things by myself, I Mike. Think. I don't need Mike to help me all time. Uh, yeah, because you actually have a little spot for it and everything, right? But you you actually, I think, put the batteries in the fuel tank part. No, no, no. The 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 batteries are not in the fuel tank. They're above it. Oh, so then you could have used that little slot and just had the fuel tank, which is go, which goes in there anyway, right? And you could have Velcroed it, so you could have had. Look, dude, just leave me alone. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I, mean, I know we do this podcast and all, but you know, <laughs> I, I don't need an armchair quarterback me now. You know, <laughs> this job's done. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. I'm just really lazy. I would have just filled it up and said, "Hey, it's got you know what a gallon of gas in there. That's six pounds. Here we go." You know. <laughs> Yeah, poured, yeah, poured a little well, epoxy okay. in there. It would have normally, been a permanent if, heavy. Okay. If, to be truthful, normally we we normally converse about things like this, but we do. Now, we throw ideas. You know, this protector, Since Mike left, we just our schedules hadn't lined up, and we had we haven't been talking to each other on the phone. So that was during right. that period. That okay, changes. no problem. I'll give it to you. Well, so now it's ready <laughs> to maiden and fly, and it's all balanced. It is. Up, so together, um, right? I went out with Jim two days ago, three days ago mm-hmm. to go fly. Um, and it was went out that day, and it was, let's say it was blistery, gusty. It was blowing a little bit. Yeah. We ended up flying all of Jim's planes, mm-hmm. and he kept. He goes, "Oh, so when are you going to fly the the P fifty one?" And I'm like, nah, "He's like, <laughs> it's too windy." Well, you just flew, you just flew my plane beautifully, you know. So go get out there and go fly that one. I'm like, "Yeah, nah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I have to admit, I wussed out. I was very gun shy, and I just." You know, I wasn't feeling the juju, you know, so yeah. <laughs> after well, losing the command, that, I guess my, well, I my agree. confidence I mean, was kind of shaking. It is very so tough. Like, yeah, it's it's tough when you lose an airplane and then you're like, oh, I just don't want to do it again. 
you know, you just augured one in and then this is a prize. You know, I, I love that P51. So you put a lot of work into it to make it look like it does. So I, I can understand you're a little, you're a little gun shy with it, but yeah. you need a day when it's not really super gusty and, and you can go out there and kind of maiden it and get all the kinks worked out of it. So that's important. But that brings up a good point. There's a great segue is that uh, Jim, when you flew with him, he fixed his Zaggy. Remember oh, the last did. podcast? We he you know I think we have a photo. Uh, he's the photo of our uh, last yeah, podcast where he ripped yeah, the Zaggy in on, half. I think he was on the front of the page. Jim, like I said, he was having he was having the bad juju while right. Mike was down here. I mean, every day that he came out, we had we were cut. You know, we ended up having to cut trees down, or <laughs> that's you know, right, having a you know having Chainsaw. a plane that I, we were as we he was flying. We we're finally getting him to fly with the wing and get aggressive with it. Uh, you know, then he snapped the wings in half and. Right. <laughs> He just was not having any good luck with any of the planes that he was flying. Just things were breaking, servos were falling out. You know that just the typical stuff that kind of happens with planes. It sure, wasn't sure. Like one thing, it was just a series of events that just was just be, you know, just befelled him, befelled him, befolded him. Eh, whatever. Right, right. He, he just he just had the bad luck that that particular week. He when we went out the, a couple of days ago to go fly, um, once again it was not a pristine day for remate re re remating all your planes mm-hmm. um but i'll have to say that he he was able to drive home without having to get out a plastic bag or a garbage bag to put anything oh in. very nice every all right. of his stuff flew really well the repairs that he did to the zaggy were excellent you couldn't even tell that the plane was broken so he does this guy can really repair aircraft and stuff. right so well good for job. him well, and, and I heard it was a great flight you, when you called me yeah. and said. The the thing that happened with the Zaggy and the reason that it failed, once again, it wasn't like his fault in the sense of it, it was just the way those Zaggies were made. Right. You know, it's an older plane. It uses, you know, EPS foam, the beer cooler foam for, mm-hmm. you know, 75%. And then you, you have just one little quarter percent that goes on the, of EPP that goes on the leading edges. And they designed the planes with no spars. That, you know, and, right. you know, and the plane, it was supposed to be for brushed motors. So, right. And it was know, flying a couple literally. Of batteries was supposed po- to Poking along. Plane. Yeah. And now you're flying yeah. at 90 miles an hour. Yeah. So you could say that, he, you know, slight modifications. Now the plane's capable of flying, you know, 90 miles an hour. No problem. Um, it's not stressed for that. The, what had happened to him, I gave him a couple of recommendations of what he, what he should do. You know, put in Metal Gear servos. Mm-hmm. And he did that. Um, he, he did some other mods that of himself so he could take it apart. He like, uh, the winglets that he has on there or Velcro mm-hmm. on so he can take them, take them on or off so he can fit it oh, in his vehicle nice. and stuff like right. that. And that works, that works very well. Um, he, you know, put the, the thing together, he laminated it. I suggested the laminate for him to do and he laminated and he did this great job of, of putting the craft together. And I also told him he had to put in, you know, some carbon spars. I think in the one that I had built, I just had one carbon spar that just went, you know, across the wing, the majority of the wing. Right. Well, he had put in like a little A-frame of, you know, carbon spars, you know, one along the bottom, two on the sides that ran, you know, uh, the you know length of the wings and, you know, came right. in, made a little right. A-frame. So I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, this thing, you know, kicks butt. Look at this. Well, <laughs> what I didn't realize was when I looked, when I'm looking from the top of the plane down on it, you have your, uh, if you know what a Zaggy, remember Zaggy has like a little uh, battery tray that sits yeah, on the it's top a compartment. of the battery. Right. That's where the battery right. escape and all that kind of stuff. And it holds the motor all, it's like this tray and then you tape it down or you do whatever. We'll glue right. it all down and everything. 
Well, the problem with that was I thought that the spars and the A-frame all met up and made it an actual, you know, they touched and made an actual Oh, right, right. Everything stopped where the where that little battery tray set, you know, sits and it's like, I don't know, two, three inches across. Right. He he put the spars in right to that point. He didn't have them touch. He didn't have them go across. It wasn't one piece. It was, just, you know, like two pieces. Wow. But they didn't join in the middle. And so right where the plane failed was right where the spar stopped. Ended, right. And so uh, well, that makes sense. You know, po- post-mortem, he goes, we were talking about it, and he goes, uh, yeah, I should have noticed that because, um, you know, when I went home, I noticed that there was crease lines in the <laughs> laminate. Where he was flying it and the wings were flexing and yeah. it was creasing the laminate. And I and I, he goes, I didn't awesome. think of it, that, that yeah. there was a problem. I just right. saw, oh, oh, look, right. that's kind of weird. It's, it's crease line, like right along the edge of the, of uh, the, tray. the battery tray. Right. So I, I get why he didn't think of it, you know, type of thing. But yeah, that's that's what. So, now, so they go, brought, now it goes all the way through, though, right? Oh, he yeah. Now, now this yeah. thing is, right. <laughs> he, he, he definitely, you know, beefed it up. So uh, we went out. Uh, out to the field, it was it was really blowing, which actually is kind of nice. Zaggy's like that. We got out there. I uh, can't remember if I test flew it or not. I think I test flew it for him for that first flight. Mm-hmm. Um, brought it back, and then after that, uh, gave gave the plane over to him. We did a it, one of the things he wanted to te- you know not test, but one of the things that he wanted to um, become proficient with was tossing the plane. Because, you know, the Zaggy's kind of one of those weird, you know, any wing. Oh, kind right, of any wing, yeah. It's not like you grab the fuselage and you throw it. Right. So you have, to, you have to throw it by, you know, either wink by the wing or hold it by the nose and throw it over your head type of thing. That's the way I right. like to do it. Yeah, but that's But most people it. like to do, like, the Frisbee toss. But right. typically when people do the Frisbee toss, what happens? Uh, it usually hits the ground because they toss it and don't let go soon enough, and it flings around like a flat spin and hits right. the ground. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so we were out there just we were out there just practicing, and the wind was perfect for you to kind of do a nice gentle release. So okay. we did that a couple of times, and he he got that down. But the the best part of when he started flying the plane, you know, I gave it back to him, and and he was you know I tossed it for him a couple of times, and he tossed a couple of times, and but the best part was when. He started flying, uh, flying it, and it was kind of like when I told, when I, you know, when I first got one for you, and I told you how great wings were, and you're like, uh-huh. yeah, 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 get a wing. You know, you can't really That's do 3D acrobatics with it. And then we went out, and we flew out in the desert, and you, we were, you know, against that blue, blue, blue sky, and we were flying. And then all of a sudden, you just saw this little smile started creeping across your face. Yeah. And then you got that catty and grin, like, you know, you're about to eat the mouse. <laughs> and then I knew I had you, you know. That you yeah. that you just started to fall in love with the wing, the noise, the speed, the whooshing sound, and it was the same for him. He started getting this grin on his face, and then you started to see everything kind of melt. The anxiety, right? You know, of right. am I going to crash this thing? Is it going to snap in half again? You know, might anything bad going to happen? And as that melted away, and he started having fun with it, and you know, flying in the wind, doing tricks, getting getting a feel for the plane, it, it just was so. I don't know. That that's the moments in RC stuff that I just love when you just see right. somebody and everything starts working and they go from being anxious and nervous for flying or trying to get something to work to oh my goodness I'm having fun. Yeah. I'm kicking yeah. butt and I'm having fun. So here's the here's the best part. A couple of his landings prior, you know, he had to do a little bit of a walk a, a little bit of a walk to get to his plane. This one or I should say the next two or three landings after that, he was putting them right at his feet. Nice. And then, I mean, the smile, on uh, they were to ear to ear. They were touching sure, his ears. Sure. You know, the smile that he had. 
<laughs> and, and it was one of those things because he didn't realize that he was smiling that much. He's like, well, wow, that was, he's like, wow, did you see that landing? I go, yeah, I'm standing right next to you. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> I didn't have to walk very far at all. Yeah, I didn't have to walk. Yeah, only two steps for that one. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah he started just nailing the landings. And he just, he was, yeah, at that point he was like, man, this is, he goes, these planes are pretty fun. And I go, yeah, yeah, I told you, they're pretty fun. He goes, yeah, in fact, I was, before we broke the plane, I was really having a good time because Mike, I was flying mine, Mike was flying his. And Jim was flying his, and we were like, hey, you could fly a lot closer to us. Hey, in fact, you could try to hit us if you want. And he's like, hit uh, you? That's yeah. crazy. You know, yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. These planes are built for this. This right. is, you know, this right. is what they're, they're supposed to do. And it was a great day of fun for, for at least, you know, that particular portion of it. Well, the whole day was fun because we ended up um, remating, remating, maidening, no, remating, yes, remating. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, us. See his multi-star, easy star, uh, uh-huh. multiplex easy star. He did that one. Um, that plane has been a bit of a problem for you know. Didn't he have a motor problem plane. on that thing? He what had a motor problem with, motor? with that. He fixed that. Um, he did some of the uh, improvements that I had mentioned to him. So he went. He propped the plane down. Uh, I think it took an eight-inch prop, and he, he went down to a six-inch prop or, or so. Um, he also added a little bit more weight to the plane because I mm-hmm. felt it was still flying tail heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, it just felt that way because it would just kind of fall off at times. We went back up. We flew the plane. He's like, yeah, it still seems kind of sluggish, you know, and I'm flying it. I go, well, it's, it is blowy out here, and the plane is getting blown around, so maybe it's just the wind. So I flew it a couple of times, landed it. We made some adjustments. I said, hey, I, I think that this thing is um, – What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, the elevator. There's too much elevator. And oh, the elevator sure. was made. It was just way too sensitive. And I said we could probably, you know, throw the throws down on that. We came back in, made those adjustments, um, added just a little bit more weight. And one of the things I noticed, I said, well, I, Jim was like, yeah, I think you should put this new, you know, the old prop back on. I said, I don't think it needs it. I, but I kept looking at the prop and I go, something's not right. <laughs> I think the prop's on backwards. <laughs> and he's like, are you sure? Wait, because it's and a go, it's a pusher, right? It's a pusher. Okay, yeah. so the prop was facing the same direction as the motor then. Yes. Yeah, like if it was facing forward, you would put the prop yes. so yes. it would pull the airplane. Yes. When you add a pusher prop, you're supposed to leave the prop facing the same direction. You just turn the motor around and attach it. Yes. But he had actually take, left the prop on and turned the whole motor around. No, no. The motor was facing just like a, you know, it was still in the pusher configuration. But what you're saying is basically true. If, but the motor, the prop was still on, like if it was in a tractor set. Right, right. That's what I mean. So if, you, it, if you put it on, yeah. if it's on the front of your airplane and you put the prop on, it's pulling the airplane. If you just lifted the motor off, turned it 180 degrees, and put it back on the airplane. Yes, yes. that's how The, the yes, prop how is actually spinning the wrong direction. Yes. Well, it's not spinning the wrong direction. It's still going the right direction. But you're just spinning the uh, the trailing edge through the air, not the leading edge through the air. Yep. So you're so pretty, you're, he, he you're still at like getting, like 20%. I said, the motor, the motor has plenty of torque because uh-huh. it flew, it flew that plane. It was in a gusty <laughs> wind. the motor backwards? It still flew. Oh, so awesome. like I said, he has enough motor. You sure, know, but, that's great. Uh, but once I turned that prop around, man, that plane came alive. And so the next flight that I did, it flew really well. But still, it flew a lot better, but the wind was just really, really buffeting. So Howling. he didn't. He he didn't fly it. Um, I went ahead and landed it, and I said, "Let's just come back when it's a normal day." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, instead of trying to come out here and you know, because I I said I can't even trim the plane because what good would that be? 
you know. Right, yeah. By the time you come back on a nice normal day, you'd have to retrim the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. That plane came back and everything was fixed. That was nice. Um, Jim brought out uh, one of his glow planes. Uh, I think it's about a 60 mm-hmm. size. Yeah, 60 size plane. Um, mm-hmm. And it was the, uh, uh, the Ultra Stick. Oh, so yeah. that plane that plane came out. It's a lot, like kind of a yellowish uh, plane. Um, I have flown the little mini Ultra Sticks in electric form. But he sure. brought out this glow plane, and, and we went ahead and flew that, which was – that was fun. Um, but, of course, <laughs> he was flying that one, and the wind would not cooperate with that band. He'd come – you know, he'd go around and he goes, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it in. And then the, the wind, before he even got to the downwind leg, had just changed 180 degrees. Oh, I'm like, switch, hey, Jim. So I go, switch hey, directions. <laughs> yeah. I go, yeah. hey, you got to come back the other way. The, the wind shifted. Oh, man. You know. It was just kind of crazy. The wind was not cooperating with us, and then it would be just, you know, a perfect crosswind, and then it would just be, you know, down one for a second, right. and then it would be the opposite. Uh, it was just nuts. Swirly but that wind. plane, he landed fine. Um, he, that one flew flew really well in the wind because it's so big. Mm-hmm. The wind really didn't affect it at all. So that was really nice to see that plane. Yeah. Now, he's really he's kind of fallen in love with these electrics, though, right? Is, isn't he trying to convert? Some of his planes. So it's been kind of nice because, you know, it's been a big learning experience for him. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he said to me that he liked about the electrics was you could just bring the planes out, throw them in your truck, come on out, fly, and then just go home. Right. You know, you didn't have any cleanup. You didn't have to defuel right. the plane. You didn't have to, right. you know, do any of those other things. Um, his only comment of what he didn't like about flying electric was that, you know, we only get five minutes. On, on the average, you know, for on flying, when you go to fly, flying his stuff, it's 20 minutes on the average, you know, of flying stuff when you're flying low on a tank, you know, right. 15 to 20 minutes or half an hour or longer, you know, is what you get. And he's like, yeah, you know, you, for electric, you got to have a bunch of batteries. And he said, yeah, a bunch of batteries, you have to bring out a charger with you and just continually recharge while you're out there. Type of thing. It's not perfect, but. He's definitely digging. I can tell he's definitely digging the cleanup time or prep time for getting everything together. Although, sure, sure. you know, we still having to, you know, put the wings on and assemble some of the birds. And, you know, that's still a hassle. So, Well, but I mean, you know, when you start getting into the larger airplanes, that's just part of the, you know, part yeah, for the course. Unle- unless you have a big trailer that you can just put it in without putting it no, in. No, unfor- unfortunately, neither one of them. Well, I, right. I have a trailer, but I haven't set it up yet. Right. Well, even then, I don't think if you had a 65 or 70-inch airplane, you probably couldn't put it in the trailer. It's not that wide, is it? No, no. You, I'd still yeah. have to take the wings off. Right, right. right. In fact, that's uh, another upcoming podcast, isn't it? What's that? You know, prepping, the, uh, prepping the trailer? a trailer. Oh, because yeah, I got, Pimp, I'm Pimp, getting the stuff for mine, right? right? Yeah, Remember, exactly. we, we forgot because I didn't come out. We I know. Things we missed. No, so. there's, I'm still in the process of kind of reformulating and getting all the, the stuff together for my trailer. Yeah. We'll have to talk to Spencer because he actually did do his trailer, uh, but he's got my big, rod. big airplanes. <laughs> he's got, you know, big jet turbines, and he's got that big 33% slick. So he's got to have something that, uh, right. you know, can carry all that stuff. But he did a fantastic job, really bang up job. We'll uh, we'll touch base with him and talk to him about how he designed his trailer. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, let's see what else did we do out there that day. Um, like I said, we didn't bring anything back in the garbage bag. We yeah. we did the ultra stick. We did the uh, zaggy. We re- redid the zaggy. We flew a couple of my things and the 
then I chickened out doing the Mustang for a blustery day. Oh, I flew the Phoenix 2000. Uh, I had changed out the escape and the motor and checked that all out and finally got it to fly. And it, it flew okay, but you know, once again, it was kind of blustery and I couldn't find any lift. So right. it didn't really you know, perform all that well. It, you know, it's constantly falling type of thing. So, Well, well I mean, it sounds fun. like everybody had a good time and uh, Jim got oh, all yeah, his airplanes most... back together. And... Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And you you now have a new project on the on the books. Uh, I'm still kind of trying to decide uh, which plane I want to go with. Either I'm going to go with my giant uh, Aerostar, or I'm going to go with the Tex- uh, Texan two. Mm-hmm. And I'm still kind of debating which one I want to do because well, the Aerostar is going to be my first gas plane. Right. And I've been talking to Jim since he's a gas glow guy mm-hmm. on advice as to size of batteries that I need to stick in this thing what size fuel tank, you know, what type of fuel tubing, you know, I, I was picking his brains as to what, cause he had, he has one. Uh, and maybe I'll have to put a picture here on, on the podcast, but like he took sure. his arrow star and he made it look like your Python, right? Yep. That's correct. Yep. We have a, um, so it's, it's a Scandinavian, the, my pits S 12 is what it is. That's yes. really what it is. A pits S 12. And it's a Scandinavian air shows and it's yellow black. And I put all the graphics and everything on it. So he has his. Um, it's not really a Pitts S twelve. It's a different model, but he he painted it or or not really painted it. Yeah, but well, he, it totally. he basically remodeled the whole plane. It's yeah, it's, it's this, amazing. It's this, it looks uh, great. You know, Aerostar that I have, uh, or Aero, Aeromaster, Aeromaster, Aeromaster. Yeah, Aeromaster. It's Aeromaster. And he just basically he redid the cowling. He you know basically he took a kit and made it look like something totally different. <laughs> exactly, but it does look good. I've seen photos, and it uh, is amazing. So as Truly, truly amazing. Well, our hour is uh, getting uh, close to being up. I uh, wanted to give a shout out before we leave to the uh, Doug Leroy and his group over at the Holly Springs Skyhawks Radio Control Group. They are having their annual Wings Over Springs 2018 electric flying and swap meet. They invited us out officially. Unfortunately, all of us are going to be in multiple places. (laughs) So Mike is going to be, AK Mike is going to be the closest one there. And I think his brother or somebody's getting married that day. So he's not going to be able to go out. But (laughs) so unfortunately we all knew about this and just life get in the way, but we'll definitely have to make it uh, something for 2019. But Wings Over Springs, it's in, uh, it's at Jefferson L. Sugg Farm at uh, Bass Lake Park in Holly Springs, North Carolina. We've had Doug on the podcast before. Shout out to him and his guys over there. It is Saturday, September 1st, 2018 from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. So if you're in the Holly Springs uh, area, um, feel free to stop by the uh, farm there and uh, meet Doug and his group. And uh, make sure you, um, you know, you kind of go out there and and, uh, have a good time. The public and the spectators, they're all free. If you wanted to fly with them, I think it's a $10 fee. Uh, there's a swap meet there, and I think the proceeds go to his Meg Smile Foundation, uh, which you can look at his Facebook page and get more information on that. Congratulations. Uh, they've put uh, a great program together in the past, and I think this is going to be that much better this year. So uh, if you want more info, you can go to uh, WOS18. That's the Wings Over Springs uh, 18 at hssrcg.org that's the holly springs radio control group.org and uh, attention doug yeah is uh good luck out there 
I think they're going to have some drone racing and uh, all models, some you know, a bunch of different models. Uh, they're going to, you know, like I said, do a swap meet and, and have, I think it's a big thing out there too, that they throw out, uh, throw well, for the city. I, I love the term swap meet because that's a perfect term for it. I come with my crap, <laughs> you have your crap and I basically swap out your crap for my crap. You know, maybe we have a couple of dollars. No, that's terrible. That's well, what's true. One man's junk is another true. man's treasure, but you know what? I, you of all people should not say that because I have what? seen your garage and you have had some swap meet stuff. You got that C seventeen out of swap meet, I think. Didn't uh, you get? Didn't you have that big C seventeen? No, the C seventeen was given to me by a good friend. Uh well, there's a couple but, but, other ones that you got as well. Well, don't though. forget, I got the Japanese. Um, oh, the zero or whatever that is. No, 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 it's not a zero. It's a. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. It's the one that looks like a bullet. Or a, a yes. um, bomb, or whatever they call that thing. Looks like a. I got that. I got. God, I can't even think of the name of that thing. Yeah, because it has the canard on the front of it. It has yep. the propeller yep. at the rear, and it has like uh, an. Looks well, like a tomahawk bike. missile. It's a like a cruise missile looking thing, but it's got yeah, motor I, on the, the front. Names and back. just forget. It's. I can't remember. Old age. I can't think of it myself. But uh, yeah, I, I have that. That's another project I have to get done. You were just about to ask me, hey, what project? That's you it. Do? I, I need so to I that get that together. one. Um, you've got you a lot of projects too. now that you've got your room all of all available and you know all the racks built and everything's going good and i got to come down there and help out got to get some time to come down and help out yeah yeah so. well you know you're always welcome so i you know, know right? my wife my wife seems to still like you, you know, despite <laughs> worn out my know. welcome yet <laughs> <laughs> well despite you know she sees me on the phone she's like which mic are you talking to <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, is it AK Mike or Arizona Mike? Exactly. Which Mike are you talking to? Oh, we'll say that's hi to his funny. wife. Or, hey, you there know, you we'll go. ask him about this recipe, or you know, how's his right. dog doing? You know, that's right. that's that's the that's usually how the reference goes. You know, hey, when that's you talk awesome. to him later today, how do you know I'm going to talk to him later today? Uh, it's been two days and you haven't talked to him. And you're fidgeting. <laughs> so here, today you're going to talk to him. That's yeah, that's so true. My wife is the same way. She's like, have you talked to Jay today? I was like, uh, probably another ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well you seem kind of uh, irritable hurry up and call him <laughs> i know right get it over with that's pretty funny well i sure have enjoyed listening to your uh escapades as always um you know well, thanks, it's part man. of our uh, rc adventures that's what the podcast is all about i am in the process of putting a facebook page together fyi so hopefully oh. by the next podcast i will have joining um, the 21st century I know it. We're trying to put one together so that everybody can kind of go and uh, make comments and, and do that. That seems to be the, the thing to do is to have a Facebook page. And I know Doug ah, those kids, they all oh, their new fangly dangly Facebook <laughs> pages. <laughs> I know. That's so terrible. Well, uh, anything on the horizon? You get, uh, you're going to go fly this, I guess, this week or uh, next I'm going to fly or? at the end of the week. Yeah, the uh, weekend. I'm going to meet Jim, and out. I think uh, Ed is also going to come out. He's... Yeah. Uh, a new, I, I'm making air quotes, a newbie, but if you saw him, he's not a newbie. He's been flying sure. for a few years. We're going to probably get out and, and fly with him and uh, work on his, some of his flying. He's supposed to come out and fly a brand new plane. He got himself a Bixler. So once again, oh. he's catching the electric bug a little bit. Sure, so I'm sure. going to go probably go out there and help him with the Bixler, and I'll probably have a, a thing or two to comment about the plane itself and how the training went. So Excellent, yeah. excellent. All right. Well, we're looking forward to that. We're going to have uh, Mike back on next time. I think he's uh, back up in Dallas and uh, trying to get some stuff completed up there. So, Busy uh, man. I know. He is a busy man. 
but uh, you know it's good. So we'll uh, we'll talk to him. I think he's uh, looking for a new RC field up there, or at least trying to get invited to one. I think so, so if you're in the Dallas area, send us an email and invite Mike to your RC field. <laughs> Please adopt Mike. What, which is weird because you know, like us, we just kind of go on to some. We just go over there and go, "Hey, man, who's RC field? Is this?" And Mike's looking for an invitation. So gotta love him. Absolutely. What about you? Anything? Um. No, I, uh, you know, I haven't been out on Tuesdays with the guys, uh, the last couple of days. It's just been incredibly That's hot here. Right. And well, I've actually the, been the working. I'm actually working on Tuesdays this month and actually next month too. So I'm going to try and get out there with them. Maybe hopefully they, they were able to hold one on a Wednesday one day. So I'll, I'll send them a note, but I think most of the okay. snowbirds are gone. So it's yeah. either just like Tom, Phil. And, what is it like? Just you know, two of you, right? Yeah, two or three. So, you know, unfortunately. But they're they're diehards. They go out there and fly their little uh, little park flyers. So I'll have to get out there with them and, and um, you know, get some stuff going. But I, I have some repairs to do, too, since the Electric Festival. I just haven't Still? had a chance. I just haven't had a chance. I, I've been busy this, um, you know, everything going on and just – Life gets in the way. Next thing you know, it's six months down the road, you know? Well, I, I appreciate that you still talk with me and we do this little thing so we can at least put out a podcast and <laughs> talk with the folks. I, I appreciate that. I know. You, you, it's you, a labor of love. Carve out that little bit of time just just for this love. Oh, carve out uh, of my busy schedule. Yeah, I know. No doubt. <laughs> Well, I've, I've been, you know, it's been different. You know, my wife started a new position with her company and, and has been telecommuting. So she's been working from home. So it's a little bit different now, you know, where I used to have free time. It's almost she's here and it's kind of weird to have her here while I'm here because you know, usually I was here all day. She's, she was at work, she's here. She's watching. It's been getting used to that. <laughs> it's fine. I've been trying to get used to that. And uh, just the summer's been full because, you know, she's she's able to do her work. And then when she gets done, it's not this hour and a half waiting for her to get home. You and I used to do the podcast in the evenings because, you know, our wives were gone. And then, you know, you and I were on the phone with each other and we'd do the podcast. But now it's almost like she commutes from one room to the next. And she's like, hey, I'm off work. And I'm like, uh, I'm right in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> so she's like, OK, <laughs> she goes to cooks dinner or whatever. So. It's it's good to have her here, and uh, it's just I've been busy doing stuff around the house, trying to get her office set up and that kind of thing. So, but it hasn't really interfered with anything other than my ability to get out and fly. So I, I've got my A10 is in there, ready to be fixed. Yep. I, I probably didn't tell you this, and I know we're short on time, but you know my pattern airplane. I went to go yeah. put it back on the shelf. And I put it in backwards, you know, because it sits with the landing gear. My shelves are a little different than yours. Yours all nose in, mine all tail in. And so I pushed it in there, to, and mine's a metal shelf. And so I stuck it on the shelf, and the back edge of the elevator stabilizer caught the edge of the shelf when I was pushing it back. So it totally just, the glue and everything no, just sheared. We, we and just it, got the gear. I know we just got to fix exactly. Been sitting, just trying fixed. to get the gear fixed, we finally get the gear fixed. Exactly, got, got, got some new gear so, for it. Yep. No yep. way. And now, now the elevator. So I have to pull the elevator, get it all straightened and measured, and I just haven't had a chance to do that yet either. So that one's uh, down. And then I've actually been on the time that I have been able to go do stuff. I've been running over Spencer's because we're building those F-16s, which. Once we get done with those, actually, Spencer has already finished his and has flown it. He's got about 10 flights on his, so we're definitely going to have to talk uh, to him. What? You have been busy, Mike. I have, yeah, because he's already <laughs> well, done. He's but he lives there. Times. I have All my stuff is at his place. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, I, what I will tell you though, lesson learned, just for you guys, don't take your heat shrink over to your buddy's place to build your airplane, and then leave it in your truck in Phoenix, Arizona. No way! I never thought of that. That's too funny. <laughs> I, I didn't either. But it's 150 degrees in my truck, and the heat shrink, all that heat shrink that I have, I'm not sure if it's going to work anymore because it all looks a lot smaller <laughs> now than it than it did when I bought it. I mean, you know, it's like a 10 millimeter. Now it's like an eight millimeter. I'm like, what happened to this heat streak? Why does it look so small? This was huge before. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Leaving it oh in your truck. Uh, so anyway. Okay. Well, I, I, I'll cut you slack on that one because that sounds like something I would do. Not even think, you know, Alaska boy. I wouldn't even think of that. Right. Well, I didn't even think about it. You know, I had gone to his house. I left it in there because I got home late at night. And the next morning I was going to work. So I just drove out to the airport, hopped on a plane, left. I was gone for three or four days. Then I came back in there, you know, and I jump in the I jump in the truck, and I'm like, "Oh, it's hot in here, man! It's like 200 degrees in this." Well, I forgot that my, you know, little box of heat. So, folks, was if you're there. into uh, making things with clay and you need a kiln, you know, you can come over. Oh, to yes, place. You can easy. His, you can throw it in this truck and just, you know, park it around various places. Phoenix. That is true. So true. So true. So, well, listen, buddy. It, uh, it's time for us to uh, depart. Thank you very much for yes, listening yes. to the Park Fire podcast tonight or this morning. It always comes out in the morning, I guess. But uh, whenever it is you listen to it, we appreciate your patronage. Uh, give us a shout-out at parkfirepodcast at gmail.com and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, for Mike here in Arizona, Jay from the hills of Texas, we'll see you in two weeks. You have been listening to the Park Flyer podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.